What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Why wait for the storm to pass when you can become one? <laughs> the only rain check I'll take is one that I can cash. <laughs> okay, that's really good. That's really good. You guys, it's um, a rain spectacular themed Andy's Girls. I am here in the Clawfist with a survivor of today, which we will get to. I cannot believe this person is here IRL after the absolute meltdown that was New York City for the past many hours. So welcome back to the Clawfest at AGHQ, Bravoholic and writer whose credits include Vogue, The Cut, and Vulture, among others, Tom Smythe, or as I call him, Tom Smith Smythe. <laughs> Tom Smythe, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And sheltering me from the literal storm in here <laughs> when the clothis becomes shelter in place you know you've done something great honestly mm -hmm. so i mean i really think you know it's a journey as as a new yorker at a certain point i think i was texting with you i was texting with a couple different people essentially the same thing which is like hey how's it going outside because i haven't looked i'm just <laughs> literally in bed doing nothing i'm checking other people's videos like a tiktok video that gets reposted to instagram that's how i know things are going crazy because i just can't i can't bear to open the curtain yeah, especially if your window, I mean, New York City, if your window doesn't face the street, more likely than not, it faces a wall right. or like a courtyard. So <laughs> or like, you're going to see the rain. I mean, braggy if you have a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a wall, you're you're doing okay. Um, so it's record rainfall. I did a quick. This is so depressing. I did a Google while you were on route to be like, what was today like? Because I had seen the video. Essentially, you can see video everywhere. I mean, people, kids. I was just reading some stuff. Kids were like stranded on the way to school. You know, my brother. Uh, is disabled. And the idea of what some people had to do when people who live with a disability were essentially trapped on flooded buses and everything else needing to be carried. I mean, that is a fucking miracle that they were able to be carried off the bus and hopefully were kept safe because that's not everyone's ability or experience. So it was a genuine, intense safety issue today because it was record-breaking rainfall, allegedly, according to Vulture, not since 1948 has it rained wow. this fucking hard or whatever. I mean, does God not like New New York? <laughs> I mean, what God is, I don't know. Nothing Upset? worse than wet jeans. <laughs> And he came for Jen Alliance today. I know. God was like, how dare you wear jeans to the reunion? And doesn't that top look reminiscent of what you've worn in a confessional already? So like, are I've we really recycling? Like, I thought we thought more. So, I mean, you just schlepped from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, we just crazy, crazy. People can see the videos everywhere. It's just like a fucking shit show here in NYC. Train stations flooded, everything else. Your survivor, you got here. Your train had a little, there was a little pickle. Yeah, hiccup. 
little hiccup en route. Yeah, it decided that power was no longer necessary. Yeah, and just kind of went dark. Mm. Yeah, um, the C train was following the secret where it's like manifestation. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> what we're gonna yeah. do? Wow. But I picked back up and got me here. <laughs> I mean, it's so wild because we're not able to sustain this kind of climate change. Mm -hmm. New York City is just not built for this. I mean, I don't know any city in particular that is, but especially not this one. So I saw videos of friends who have businesses that got flooded. I mean, it's just it's really, really, really nuts. And there were several hours that were incredibly, incredibly gnarly. So if you're listening to this and you are also a New York City AG, we're hoping that you're okay and you are safe and you're, you didn't get um, impacted as terribly as many, many people did today. It's just been like bananas. Also, I mm. cannot believe that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wake up and be like, oh, oh my God, it's Thursday. It's was not- it all a dream? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? I also thought today was Saturday all day. There were things I was supposed to do today <laughs> that I didn't do because I thought it was a weekend and I didn't oh. <laughs> have to do them until the next business day. And I was like, I literally, it just occurred to me like an hour ago that it is in fact not a weekend. It does doesn't feel like it either feels like too soon or too late like yes everything feels off right do we think that's the rain or is that just like life and living and the the weird transition to autumn (laughs) it is the new normal oh my god nini leaks his star vehicle well have you so there was a drop oh bethany lanethia The, I also Google the Lanethia Lounge because when I posted the um, graphic for the part one that I dropped on AG Classic, when I posted it on Instagram, I wanted to do the check-in, the like tag location <laughs> for Lanethia Lounge, and I couldn't because it's permanently closed. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it closed in July? I would have thought it would have been a national landmark protected. Right? Same. <laughs> I mean, my God, I was I was a little shaken by it. That's, yeah. I feel like I would have, I, I, don't you think we would have heard Exactly. It would have been campaigns to 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 save it. I mean, absolutely. Like it's the strand. <laughs> a call for action. Hopefully it was managed a little bit better than the strand, but who even knows. Um so did you get a chance to listen to or are you interested even in listening to Bethany's drop conversation to Parter potentially out of 30 with uh, Lenicia <laughs> herself? No, I typically try to avoid Bethany's podcasts. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Um, I get the clips that Mm -hmm. come across my timeline, uh, and I always find that to be sufficient Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of my uh, takeaways. But yeah, I just, that's one thing. I just don't have it in me. I get it. To to, uh, uh, subscribe to the endless barrage of her podcast. (laughs) Honestly, it's a capacity issue. Mm -hmm. And it is also a little bit of a spiritual reckoning. When you bear witness, you know that you're going to be taking something on and you're not quite sure if you really can until usually after the fact with with hashtag be strong. And I was a a full disclosure, a a Bethany loyalist Mm. when she was on the show. So this is not, you know, it's a shift where this non Bravo Bethany is I think a lot of people talk about it's sort of a new uh, version of her where mm. suddenly, you know, she's doing her own interesting thing. And 
Yeah, we sometimes it's just hard to take all that in outside of the safe confines of the Real Housewives of New York. So when did that shift happen? Were you still a Bethany loyalist during her second time on New York? Did the shift happen only recently or after she left? More so recently. It was um, I was still Team Bethany uh, during that second run and then. When she left and sort of was, it's kind of like the, I'm you know, better than housewives move. And mm-hmm. I always say that it's funny now that she, when she was on housewives, she was the voice of reason, the Greek chorus, the every person. And now that when she's out of it, out of the context of Ramona Luann and Sonia standing next to her, suddenly it's like, oh, maybe she's not that normal. Maybe she's not that much of a mm. voice of reason. Um because I don't know her. T- I, I think the main thing was just the uh, like the manic TikToks of scrolling my for you page, and all of a sudden Bethany is two inches from her uh, front facing camera, screaming at me about drugstore makeup or <laughs> eating crabs. Like oh my god, sucking down those crabs, woman. man! Like yeah, so it's just like a lot at times. Yeah, but, yeah. She did post about a lipstick that I'm deeply considering getting. So I don't, it's like hard for me to like mock the influencer because I am being influenced. Oh, it yeah, looked yeah. great on her. We have very different skin tones, but like I am intrigued. Based on the number of products I've seen her test, I would trust her. Yeah. And she's doing like paid stuff. I don't know how much she's making and what that is going toward. Because as she constantly reminds us, she has more money than God. So, um, but she seems to be able to monetize it. Obviously, I say obviously, but I don't actually know this. Like, there has to be some sort of plan here of like, I'm doing drugstore stuff. Or is it just I'm doing it because I'm doing it? Is that is that the plan that just more is more is more is more? It feels like that kind of like she's the one thing that always irks me is like how big she is on hustle culture now. Yeah. And it's like very like Mark Cuban buzzwords, like all of those. And if you kind of like dig one inch deeper, it's like none of this means anything. None of this makes sense. So I feel like a lot of it is like someone told her like, oh, you got to get on TikTok. And she was like, TikTok. And then she like Ramona being a maven of anything she gets into. She's like, I'm going to dominate this space yes exactly like whether it's tiktok whether it's now she has like a youtube channel now she does so i feel like she's just keeps looking for different hills to conquer at every turn it's hard to stay on top of everything like i think i've seen one of her youtube episodes like they were doing a cookie competition where she was in a van she was in like a sprinter van with people on her team and they were trying different cookies but it was sort of like they were in a race against time spiritually and otherwise (laughs) and it's hard to keep up with everything but maybe that's the point that there's so much coming Mm -hmm. that you just know again, that more is more. It's not about watching or tracking everything or even supporting everything. It's maybe just the message underneath that she is constantly Mm -hmm. doing whatever is about to come next. Yeah. I feel like she likes throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. I feel like that's her MO. Yeah. And so as a Bethany loyalist, I want to ask you a question Mm -hmm. and it's a sensitive one, but it is one that I am immediately curious about, which is during the recorded original fight between Bethany and Carol, where did you stand at the time and has mm-hmm. your opinion changed? So I, I actually have to go back out into the rain. 
<laughs> that storm is safer yeah. than, than answering this, this question. The, so, Trigger warning. <laughs> at the time, I was uh, Team Bethany. Mm. Um, it t- would have taken a, a great deal for me not to be at the time. Just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was... And you know, an OG from those early seasons, and but um, and I've rewatched a little bit, and during I feel like with each rewatch, it gets a little bit grayer and a little bit grayer. And I think if I genuinely sat down today and watched and tried to reevaluate, I would mm-hmm. probably be Team Carol. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Bethany, I sort of started to struggle with her, and I was. I believe, I mean, it was recorded at that point. The ep- the first episode when that those eps were airing, when that season was airing, the first, that episode of Andy's Girls getting to like the heart of the matter was at that point the longest episode I had recorded. It was oh, just wow. like full on yelling, yeah. which is, I mean, my love language. <laughs> um, I think I was, I think I was heavy Carol. And then I did a later rewatch and understood Bethany's perspective more, but maintained... Mm-hmm. Caroldom, yeah. which is sort of where I remain. Mm-hmm. And by sort of, I mean where I remain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the flag I planted. Yeah. I feel like if it were, if I studied the text today, I would have a, a very different perspective. So, speaking of different perspectives, potentially or not, the Orange County finale mm-hmm. featured seemingly an argument or fight or battle that we have seen before between Heather and Tamara. And yet everyone seems to have an opinion that I find sort of surprising. What's your perspective on the Heather-Tamara dynamic? And has that perspective changed from the original to now? I think my perspective on that probably more than anything is just like I feel like I'm just along for the ride versus who's right, who's wrong. I think Oh, that's that, good, right? I yeah. feel like that's a good that's a good show of support for the storytelling. Yeah, for the generally speaking, that's typically where I land. It's very Love. rare that there's someone because it's so gray too. It's yeah. like everyone likes it to be so binary, but like these it it's such a it's such complex storytelling. No, it is. And it, also it, yeah. it's a gift to be able to look for and see and or see the nuance, regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not other people are able to. Yeah. And I feel or like agree. with Heather and Tamara, it feels what's really interesting about watching it is it feels like they are playing different games like they have different rule Mm. books they have different because their motivations are so different like Tamara is someone there she's really looking to make good television she seems to have a strategy and a plot and like this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna stir shit up and Heather is one of the few people that knows how that game is played just as well and doesn't let her self be stirred. So mm-hmm. Tamara comes in and tries to like do all of this stuff and she's so unfazed, which is so rare to see with the housewives that it's fascinating. And I think, I mean, she put it best when she was like, she wants to be top dog. She could have it. I don't need it. Like she is so unfazed because I think she genuinely doesn't care about the game, the specific game that Tamara's playing. 
I don't know that I agree that Heather is unfazed. I think she just does a better job of maintaining calm. Oh, yeah. She's pretending she to be she seems affected. Uh, yeah, yeah. She definitely seems... I don't even know that it's that it's like a perform... Well, performance might be a tricky word to use, but I feel like with Heather, she's genuinely upset because she feels targeted by the majority, mm-hmm. being led by Tamara. And then at the finale party was like, I don't really want to talk to her, but if I am forced to, I just need to communicate and make clear to Tamara that I see you. And it's like, you're not yeah. going to get to me in the ways that you think you will. Like Heather was less potentially less upset by Tamara's strategy or ma- manipulation than the fact that everyone else was siding with her. I 100%. think that was really kind of like her upset, but I still think she was upset. She just realized that this is not worth my time to battle. Yeah. I think that also I'm thinking more so like with the finale party, I think she had finally got to a point where that guard went up, but yeah, on the the trip, oh my god, where what she a trip. really Holy shit. they were just dragging her, and like that was very very real. I think the emotion of her just being exhausted, Heather being exhausted yeah. by them all ganging up on her and taking anything she said and tearing it apart and like di- um, dissecting it and trying yeah. to make something out of it. Like she was just emotionally exhausted by that and i think because of that exhaustion she went into the finale with this very specific attitude that we saw i was confused by the finale because i just genuinely didn't understand i mean at the forefront for me was gina like her telling tamra of all people this is a question of my integrity <laughs> of whether this person is going to apologize for things that she didn't say or said with a different intention. And then Heather is like showing her proof that at least loser was used in some fashion, even though Tamara was like, I was just mocking you and what you already said. <laughs> but when she's telling her, like, I quite literally did not do what I'm accused of. Another person did. Gina's response is, but then you should have told me. Yeah, like it wasn't the act itself. It was I'm be, I'm deciding to be mad at Heather and not be mad at Tamara. So when Heather points out that the excuse for being mad at me, which is that I said this, Tamara actually said it, then Gina kind of switches up and finds a new excuse for being mad at, Tam- at Heather. Like it was a very weird, it sort of exposed that that wasn't the meat and potatoes of why that conflict was happening. But I it made me feel like, then what are the meat and potatoes here? Because now I'm thinking about meat and potatoes, because <laughs> Gina essentially said, I forget if it was in a confessional or what, if Tamara said something, I know that she didn't mean any harm, but Heather most surely did. I do not understand that switch, mm-hmm. especially after she was counseling Heather and being like, Tamara is not someone to be trusted. Like, I do not, I genuinely to my core do not understand what she is saying and why she feels it. I don't get it. It does not make sense to me. I like cannot mm-hmm. make sense of it. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And I think something that I always in like digesting what's happening is whether I'm looking at it at face value as the show is presenting it mm. or in the back of my head, which is always my lens sort of is the fact that it is a TV show and in my head, they all must be conscious 
of storylines and conflicts and stakes and, yeah so i feel like if they get it in their head that okay it's important for my storyline on the show that i have a conflict with heather whatever is happening in reality they'll find a way for it to lend itself to having that conflict that's already like pre-established that they are obligated to have for mm. storytelling purposes. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving some some people too much credit. Maybe it is more face value at times. And I'm just like in my head about it being a TV show. But I can, I would, sometimes that helps make sense of really weird convoluted conflicts. Because I'm like, the only explanation for why this is happening is because it's a TV show. Yeah. And also, I would assume that Gina's argument would somehow be based in the like, Heather means more to me as a friend than Tamara. But then mm -hmm. she's very clearly saying she does not trust Heather's responses. And she's placing all of her trust in understanding Tamara's motivations and behavior. Like that does not like you're saying that like you and Heather have a real friendship and you like trust each other and whatever else. But like, yeah. you're very clearly proving to her that you do not believe or trust her in the ways that to Heather currently right now really count. Yeah. And I wonder how much of it to relate in some way to that conflict with them that kind of started off the season where she felt that like once the cameras went down Heather was MIA and she was like I thought we were Gina was like I thought we were real friends and then she disappeared mm. and I don't know that's that didn't really continue throughout the season it sort of feels like they kind of put a band-aid on that right at the beginning mm -hmm. and then the rest of the season went on so maybe there's still some resentment about that. And even if at this point she isn't actually like as close with Heather, maybe the lack of that closeness is why she's putting, you know, why she's especially hurt at this point. That's a great point. And it also, in watching the episode, I just kind of thought to myself in that moment in which Emily was being like really emotionally vulnerable and saying like, listen, the reasons that I might get really sort of aggressive with you potentially or reactive or like kind of nitpick is based on behavior that I learned as a bit of a survival tactic or not even a bit as a survival tactic in my childhood with my sister, which opened up Heather to talking about the ways that she was essentially punished or mocked by her family for expressing vulnerability. And I saw sort of a connection and bond between them. And it just made me think like, I don't know how much of this is Heather's choice versus maybe the circumstances of ongoing storyline. But like, Heather really, to me, has not been very vulnerable about her past. Mm -hmm. Like we saw her mom, her mom in a previous season, like yeah. being passive aggressive with her, like pretty heavily, pretty passionately. Mm -hmm. So there is an understanding there. And also Heather's been very vulnerable about other aspects of her present work stuff, family stuff, marital stuff. But we don't really get into what Heather experienced and was like growing up in the ways that we did with other cast members. Like 
there's so much that we understand about Tamra mm-hmm. that we just really don't know about Heather. What we know about Heather is she grew up in New York and she started performing really young and or, or you know, as a young adult or whatever and was a TV star and, mm-hmm. you know, had a lot of success and then met Terry, whatever else. But we don't really necessarily get to see the challenges that Heather faced or at least the ways that like she was shaped by things that weren't great, that resulted in some form of trauma. Um <laughs> And I think that was a real missed opportunity. And I think some of it could be placed at Heather not wanting to open up potentially. But then I think as a result, because people don't have that information and they haven't had those shared moments of connection, they may not be able to connect with her now when she Mm -hmm. really kind of needs that trust and support. Yeah, I think it would do her a great service to share that. But I I, I think the reason we don't have that is her unwillingness to right you know kind of pull back the curtain like that yeah and i think it's funny the our only real insight into it that we're citing is that scene with her mom and at dinner right at dinner in new york maybe with gina i think yeah i might be pulling that out of my ass i forget and but it's funny because the only real reason we have that intel is because we saw it with our own eyes not because heather told us exactly Yeah. And it makes me feel kind of like sad for her, but also some of it was a choice in what she was willing to share. Mm -hmm. But additionally, on top of that, adding in nuance, right? Because it's not always so clearly black and white. um, There has to be some other stuff at play. Like, I just wonder, she comes in, she's fancy pants Dubrow. She has more money than anyone ever <laughs> according to the metrics of Orange County and or the Orange County that we see on TV and it just kind of like makes you wonder god i wish that there were other points or moments in which we could kind of break through to have a better understanding of the heather that she doesn't always want us to see the Heather Mm -hmm. that she doesn't necessarily allow. And that might be because she doesn't feel emotionally comfortable or safe, or she might think it's none of your fucking business. (laughs) Like there might be some combination of that, but, um, I just thought, I just really appreciated that moment because I was like, okay, they actually are very similar in many ways. Sometimes those are the people that you don't understand the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it was a, even seeing that small glimpse of it, yeah, sort of, clued us into how much we don't know like before Mm -hmm. you get that little bit like it for a long time it probably wouldn't have even occurred to me that like we know so much backstory on all of these other women but not heather until you get just a little bit and you realize why does this feel weird why does it feel weird that we're hearing about this and it's because oh we never have before which maybe her silence on it i mean it takes some real reading between the lines but her silence on it can be just as um insightful as other women, you know, sharing those stories. The fact that she's not sharing it is, you know, tells us something as well. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos 
all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Ovs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves, and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It also feels like it would be almost unbelievable to imagine that after the season that she has experienced and whatever happens on the reunion, that we would like get a fresh window into Heather next season (laughs) if she's back. I feel like we've almost cross that point because I don't know what an ally for Heather would look like unless she had someone new being brought into the cast. But at that point, I feel like we'd get a little Angie K housewife intern energy, yeah, which might also do her additional harm. Yeah. I, I can't even picture. She has so many be... super rich friends. Oh my God. I know. But it would be so interesting to think about what that would look like for, to have Heather be on camera on the show with like a genuine good 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 friend of hers for like many many years yeah as a cast member that must be that would be an entirely different dynamic that's like unimaginable but honestly part of what I like about Heather on the show is that weird distance between mm. her and all of the other cast members because it's it balances in this weird way and I, I just really like that formula. Yeah. I mean, their reunion outfits were like Roy G. Biv and Heather <laughs> Dubrow in all black. Yeah. I mean, there was some sort of storytelling going on, <laughs> even in the choices of ensembles in that moment. I mean, that's the sort of joy of Heather Dubrow is that she has a coolness to her, like mm-hmm. a quite literal coolness and a little bit of a sense of being somewhat aloof, not necessarily as a personality type, but also as a personality type, but also maybe a feeling of being a little bit above the experience of filming, which I would assume if I was Heather would end up feeling like a bit of a trap. Mm -hmm. Like because I'm not as invested potentially in the circumstance of housewives, they're going to fucking use that to drag me to hell. Yeah. And I think she knows that that's happening too. I think she. I think that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're watching happen. Yeah, and she's Leave so bay. to it, get a paradise. It's interesting that she's so aware and watching her like try to find the language to you know whenever they like say something and you can tell their their language is trying to like avoid the fact that they're on a TV show like mm-hmm. they're avoiding the fourth wall. I feel like like when they go to a reunion and they're like, when we were in New York or when we're in Vegas, now mm-hmm. it'll be for BravoCon. But I feel like at the the very last part of the finale where she said that thing about, you know, oh, Tamara wants to be top dog or, or she was talking about, oh, the, the cheerleader's back. It's like she's just talking about the TV show. Right. Like she's talking about the cast dynamics of mm-hmm. a TV show at this point, not like friend group stuff or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> friend circle. Yeah, exactly. So Jen, it was so very... great that you were hired in, in our friend circle. You're <laughs> yeah. doing a great job as yeah. a friend. When I re-entered this group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It is kind of iconic when they, because it's fun when there are multiple franchises and everyone's like, wink, wink, friend circle dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in Salt Lake I brought City. you into the group. <laughs> And now I'm going to destroy you if you fuck with me. Um, So what do you feel like is going to happen potentially on the reunion? Like, do you think that the cast is recognizing or giving a shit about the fact that not everyone, I mean, obviously, there's really hard to get a unanimous opinion in the Bravo community, but um, unless, you know, Ashley's splitting up for Michael, but um, (laughs) do you think that 
people will take note of the fact that there's a sense that Heather's being maybe ineffectively dragged or very effectively dragged and people aren't thrilled with it? I think so, because I feel like some of them especially are so self-aware. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I thought that um, even with Gina, I thought earlier in the season, she was having kind of like a lull in the season where Mm -hmm. she wasn't in the mix too much. And as that was airing, she was fighting with Shannon online. And I was like, oh, Oh she's realizing that like she's having a quiet Mm -hmm. season and needs something. And I feel like um, Tamara is probably... You know, I feel like she's so tuned into public opinion and is great at playing the game. So I feel like her plan is to kick off their union very, very hot, get those exciting moments, get those fights, and then have like a very teary performance in Mm -hmm. which she tries to make up with Heather. And she has it in her back pocket going into the reunion. She knows that that's the plan. She knows how a reunion works, how storytelling works and structure. And I feel like that's what her plan is because she's also super aware that they need heather for the show she's good for the show she said something on watch what happens live too mm. where um i think the guest was like wanted heather off the show and tamara's like no 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 we need her i think it was tamara and um so she also knows like she's gonna torture heather as much as she can without making her want to quit the show. And she's also not going to back off of the upset. She's just going to better explain it. The o- the reason that I said you were the devil for 16 episodes <laughs> yes. was because I love you that much. Like yes. me dragging you and yelling at you <laughs> and calling you a fucking bitch and going out of my way to tell people that you are the absolute devil is because I care for you because yeah. we have so much history in our that friendship. Is- classic Tamara. It, yeah, it is. is so i've seen it as you s- repeat those i'm picturing 16 different storylines mm. 16 different people she said that to and it's worked for her so far it has and it's also <laughs> like when it comes to the public response to things i mean you're doing a pretty good job if everybody hates you like mm-hmm. if you are able to inspire a passionate response the production the network is going to want that that is what makes housewives storytelling compelling someone needs to sacrifice (laughs) and be the villain and Tamara does such a fucking good job of it because she is able to recognize potentially her behavior and disagree with audience reaction but regardless she's done a really effective job of turning the rest of the cast against Heather or at least believing exactly what she's saying about Heather's motivations on camera and off. Mm -hmm. It's like riding a wave. She's really good at riding the wave, getting so close where it's like, oh, is she going to fall off? Is she going to get like lose public favor? And she pulls back at the exact right moment and just keeps that cycle going. And I feel like Lisa Rinna did a very similar thing, but then she flew too close to the sun. <laughs> she really did. But for there's like a pattern to it almost where she goes goes in hot, gets close, pulls away, cools off, goes back. You know how waves work. <laughs> <laughs> Today's theme is water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a fascinating thing because I know that people, some people might feel tired by the Tamara dynamics because she is consistent. Mm-hmm. But 
my God, she's just fucking successful at it. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. The season was, uh, to me, very, very strong. I didn't think mm-hmm. the finale was the best thing I'd ever seen in my entire life, but I didn't need to. Yeah. So it just felt messy. It felt like yeah. they basically were like, it, it was like last call at a bar where everyone was uh-huh. like, oh, I got to find someone to take home. It was like <laughs> someone yelled, wrap it up, wrap it up. And they all were like, oh, musical chairs running around trying to tie up their storylines. Yeah. Settling some bills. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I thought it was a phenomenal, super, super strong season. Also, so I don't watch the episodes live almost ever. And I absolutely did not watch this week's episodes in a timely manner. Um, but so I I watched the Peacock stuff. So it's like the never before seen or whatever the fuck phrase they use and um there were a couple moments one shannon the sort of fast forward kind of like vignette of shots of shannon being contorted by dr jeff with like the noises and the (laughs) it was iconic and also heather saying she was like being doggy fucked or what was the fucking i don't know if i doggy did that wasn't that on in the classic oh, the regular aired and then it went into a vignette of like all of the times people were dragging oh, yes, her yes, and yes. then it, a video of a dog oh. attempting to <sighs> um you know f- express love yeah. it, shall we I, say i feel like it was something like she meant to say dog piled yeah and like she said something like, she said fucked i think yeah there was some i, I remember catching the weird thing there was some sort of puppy love that yeah. wasn't um positive <laughs> but the like the not like Brady Bunch style videos, but just yeah. like all of the that videos coming to the part, screen. Yeah. I was just like, this is wonderful. Like this isn't, <laughs> it felt like there's some of the editing moments weren't obviously necessary, but were so genuinely tongue in cheek funny mm-hmm. that I just kind of felt like whomever's doing this, whatever team, they're just having so much fun. And mm-hmm. I love that because they're making me smile. Like mm-hmm. I will never get over the, uh, like <laughs> Dr. Jeff's, which by the way, I thought he was, a trainer of sorts. So I got very confused when she called him a doctor and to find out that he's a chiropractor or a doctor of chiropractic Mm. or whatever he said, I just found myself confused by that. I don't know why I was, I was surprised. I was, I feel like I'm so used to Shannon going to a doctor who's like, I got my medical degree from the sun (laughs) (laughs) that I was like, Oh, Oh, it's just a chiropractor. Like I was expecting like, a healer or like we use crystals as medicine like that type of vibe so she is very into alternative medicine which Mm -hmm. i firmly believe in like i would do whatever it takes to be seen by dr moon i do believe that he's a genius i would do anything shannon told me to except get in a car with her (laughs) i really do whenever she has scenes with him and he just like drags her i'm just like I really do believe, I don't know how much he charges. I just, could he get on a Zoom with me? Could we do something for the Patreon? Like, I just really, I respect him. I really, I, the only thing I don't get is Shannon's plans to monetize um, (laughs) a colonic enema situation because she says it's not in the market versus like, (laughs) Shan, what's the demand for... A housewife yeah. selling you a tube to stick up your butt. Why, why and isn't it on why? the market then, Shannon? Maybe right. think about, is there a reason? <laughs> and also, what happened to Real for Real? Like, she was selling, like, oh, lemon yeah. electrolyte stuff. Oh, yeah, or, those little... I don't know what it was, but I fully support it. Tonics. Like, yeah. why don't we grow that? That made more sense. Yeah. Like, I actually think sort of 
cream cheese stuffed salmon <laughs> makes more sense than the tush stuff. Because I also think maybe it's on the heels of what Shannon is going through right now, but like liability. Like, Shannon, yeah. do you have the money for the lawyers when someone sticks that somewhere they shouldn't and then say They're, your instructions weren't clear enough? It's designed to be stuck somewhere it shouldn't. I know. It's designed <laughs> to be a problem. Scenario. Honestly, she should do a like a, a package deal with the cream cheese salmon and the uh, enema. I feel like yeah, you can't you're have one need... without the other. <laughs> It's like, I want to know what Dr. Moon feels about this, but she's sort of doing a collab with him, which I yeah. don't think, I don't know. I, I Again, Does I Dr. fully Moon trust. Know that? <laughs> I know. I fully trust Dr. Moon. I really, I have a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that this is the path to go down and for her to so clearly be like, and this is going to provide for my family. And then she's just pressing that bag <laughs> <laughs> and poor Jen. I mean, Tamara laughing her ass off. I was like, I would be doing literally exactly that. That was a great scene. <laughs> and also, how do you know that? I mean, as Jen said, like, how do I know that I'm doing this correctly? Like, how yeah. do you know? <laughs> Take Shannon's word for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about a trustful exercise. Yeah. Um, my God, what a season. I'm excited for the reunion. I'm I'm mm. upset it's three parts, but I think it'll be two solid episodes. I really yeah. do. Even if it even if it isn't, I don't care. I'm going to love it anyway. I'm mm-hmm. just saying right now. I, yeah. I, they can't disappoint me at this point. I'm so grateful for this yeah. season. Just 40, 40 more minutes in that world. Happy to be there. Truly happy to be there. Grateful for every moment. Yeah. And that insane set too. The like volume it? stage that they had. Can you believe what they are doing? It's, it's truly, I talked about this on a um, Patreon episode that went up today. But the set is like giving me Orange County IMAX. Yeah, like, it's wild. Is this our Oppenheimer? It truly might. And where, if this is just the start, what other uses could they find for this volume stage? Like imagine that in New York and... Oh my God. They're, they're on the top of the Empire State Building filming the reunion. Are we ready for that? Like, are we ready to see like movable animation graphics behind us instead of like a chair that's supposed <laughs> to like represent something someone fought over <laughs> on a cast trip to Morocco? Like, are we yeah. really prepared it's for a, technology? Such a vibe. It's such a and also I kind of felt like it's so much more. I don't mean this as an insult, but it's like so much more artificial because you feel the artifice of it versus a kind of like dramatic theatrical yeah. where you feel like you're a part of theater you're in a universe this is like no this is a fucking set and we're doing yeah. goddamn like vx or whatever yeah. the hell behind it it's like cgi versus practical effects where people really right. like practical effects in movies because it's cgi's that same feeling yeah but, i'm team wallace and gromit i mean yeah. my god yeah at least it's not um a straight up green screen. At least we've never sunk so low with the, these shows, except there are some Jersey ones that are questionable, but at least it's like a volume stage and not like the just blue screen. A static. Yeah. Like we don't want to go back to, you know, oh what my you God. Did. yeah, <laughs> we can't do it. It was so bright. I that felt like I was in the crazy. sky. It did not make any sense, but we were so, we were so young then we just Who didn't know. Known? Yeah. And they do the green screen with a lot of the, um, confessional stuff right oh, like yeah, they do like the professional yeah, photos yeah. and then they're like duh, 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 yeah. send you to a studio because that's cheaper for us and easier for you yeah. um i don't know i was i'm very into it i'm like oh is orange county being edgy now like what yeah. the fuck who's responsible for this because give them a fucking raise yeah and some of them had long dresses for the reunion and that's typically a cardinal rule of orange county is cocktail length dresses short mm. dresses for the reunion 
can we just take a moment? I know that we need to talk about Salt Lake, but I was having this conversation with Pet Boy, Pet Shop Boy, um, Pet Boy, <laughs> what's happening? Pet Shop Boy earlier today, which is, I know that people are up in arms over Jenna Lyons wearing jeans to the reunion. Mm-hmm. And here is my current upset. I don't blame Aaron for this, but Aaron, and Aaron looked fabulous, but mm-hmm. the short dress killed the entire kind of energy because it could have been, even though everybody knows us, an entirely different kind of gown <laughs> look vibe. Yeah. If everyone had been in a gown of some sort and then Jenna was in jeans, that would have been so fucking iconic. Yeah. But instead we have long dresses and then a short dress and jeans. And it's mm-hmm. just, she's not responsible for it. I know she's carrying a lot right now, but... Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, we couldn't do long. And again, she looked great. But, like, couldn't she look a little less great to make the jeans? It's not It's not a responsibility. It's yeah. really not. But someone's <laughs> got to take take one for the team. I, I need to know everything about how those are coordinated or not coordinated. Because it seems like those dress codes that they have for the reunion, sometimes they are so visibly apparent yeah. what they were Color clearly themes. told yep. to wear. And sometimes it's like, what were they possibly told for this? That yeah. they all showed up wearing whatever it is they're wearing. Like Which honestly is usually Orange County. Yeah. Orange County is usually a fucking mess, yeah. to be honest. Um, New York, I feel like Cy might have posted this or said something that the, it was Cy maybe or Jessel that the cocktail tone that the tone was supposed to be like cocktail attire Mm -hmm. which i get for a new york city vibe but then i like look at what Sai is wearing and i'm like no that's black tie like that's not cocktail attire unless we're being cheeky which i have been known to do to wear something that's not cocktail i don't give a shit like i'll <laughs> i err on the side of dressing up versus dressing down I but can tell based on the, i mean the columbus gowns right are plenty i i am in fact um <laughs> no big deal but i was in fact the first person inside to the manolo blahnik sale this week which oh, was wow. invite only on wednesday um do not go if you were playing. Well, you actually can't because the last day I'm saying this to the AGs mm-hmm. was Saturday. Well, so actually, technically, you could go today, aka Saturday, the last day, but they're cleared out. There's nothing there. <laughs> but um, Wednesday is invite only, and there were two tiers to invite only. So oh. you show up at whatever time, mm-hmm. doors open around nine, nine to 10 is press only, and then 10 to the rest of the day is invitation only, friends and family. And I didn't know that there were two tiers. I was used to only having one tier. And I showed up and was like, first in line for reasons that it's too long. And then um, I assumed I and I said to the person at the um, who was like one of the organizers, I was like, I assume I'm on. I know I'm on one of the lists. I don't know which one. And they I was the first one in at nine in the morning. It was like me and like swans from Vogue. Oh my gosh, wow. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like in disbelief yeah. that, um, you know, I was just looking at people who were dressing down and I was like, how did you put that together? <laughs> I just, <laughs> teach me your talent. My God, I only know ball gowns are bust. <laughs> um, listen, we need to shift gears because mm-hmm. there were some other women playing dress up. Big time. Which... um, I It was hard to take Whitney seriously, which I think is probably... <laughs> Uh, a through line for her life but my god her trying to quote unquote mediate at the Mm -hmm. bar at the end of the night looking the way she did was truly magical storytelling just incredible she was so wise and correct to get them together and be like we're doing a drag thing because we're here and by her i mean the producers (laughs) 
Can I ask, I, I, I want to understand how producers were aware that Lisa had hired someone to pay, I think she said 2,500 plus travel, mm-hmm. which like, can someone please teach me how to do makeup? <laughs> um, that she had hired someone to do glam. They obviously knew this was probably in many ways strategized because they knew it would upset Lisa. <laughs> but you you know this person is investing this kind of personal cost. Like, I know this is the dumbest thing I'll ever say in my life as of today, but like, is that fair? Like, is that moral i don't know why i'm riding the morality olympics but like it just i just was like but you know that she's doing this thing so you're asking her to eat twenty five hundred dollars plus travel i also feel right wondering though because i mean technically i'm sure she got additional use out of morgan being there like probably for the first night probably maybe for the day but i mean i'm sure they were if anything, I think maybe them knowing like, oh, we kind of set her up, haha, might have been why they were so chill about her breakdown. Because I felt I was almost surprised that the well, I'm sure they would cut out anything that was a little abrasive. But the producers yeah. were so like, let's well, totally fine, Lisa, do whatever, like, just feel comfortable. We just want you to be happy and comfortable. And everyone will understand like it felt I was it, it, their energy did not match how upset she was and continued to be. So I don't know, maybe they were cutting her some slack in that department because they knew like, oh, yeah, she got set up a little bit. And like maybe they understood the whole Morgan thing of it all. And also producing is so much about like relationship stewardship because you need these people to trust you, Mm -hmm. especially when you throw them a curveball. It's like the wink of like this will work out for you. And if it doesn't, don't worry, because you'll still have a job. And Mm -hmm. so with that, I'm like them being seemingly kind to her. It's like, well, but they they manufactured or set up this dynamic so that she would be upset so that then they could be like, we get it and we're going to be the good cops. But it's like, you're not the good cops because this was sort of the plan. But also like, are they responsible for her making decisions knowing she's showing up to a trip for a reality show that is often based on like plot twists, things can happen. And gimmicks and like theme nights and stuff. Like I feel like it was, (laughs) but it was funny to watch her insist how good of a sport she is and telling the producers that specifically where she was like, you guys know I'm a good sport. Like, oh my God. I'm, I love that. Like, she was like, you wouldn't, you know, I'm a good sport. She's, it wasn't like usually there was something she added after that. She knew yeah, she yeah. needed an asterisk, which I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was very interesting. And I love that immediately it wasn't just like the one producer fourth wall break, but they were immediately were like, Back EP. Up. Yeah. yeah, we need both. We need and the Meredith. senior. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Meredith, too, like sort of supporting her. Yeah, I mean, that like, was we, great. I really, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And which it was sort of the reverse of the night prior where mm. Lisa was supporting Meredith and kind of walking her out as she sobbed. But yeah, that's for, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite parts of this trip is that seeing the two of them have each other's back like that and reconnect in what feels like a real meaningful way. How did you feel about Whitney's critique of Meredith saying essentially you're strategic about um the release of information obstacles that you or someone you love is facing in order to avoid conflict. I feel like that, honestly, Whitney is so brave to go down that road at this moment in particular, because while I think she's really right, Whitney, (laughs) like, I think that Meredith (laughs) does do that. Really? I just, I think I'm dumb. I really don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I think it just feels so familiar to me. Like there was the thing last season. I don't think I agree. Okay, yeah, tell me. About, um, well, and the thing is, like, even though Whitney's right, that doesn't mean that Meredith's wrong. Like the things that Meredith is, (gasps) yeah, the things that Meredith is citing are, have, has in the past cited Mm -hmm. as like, I'm going through a lot right now. She is going through a lot. Yeah. These are like really tough, dark things. Totally. There was the thing with her family and her nephew. Right. And then there was the thing with her dad. dad. Like there's right. are these real things. And I'm sure this current one is a very real yep. dark thing. 100%. But she does cite them at, in, when she gets into conflicts and says, I'm going through a lot right now, but I can't talk about it. Mm. But I'm going through a lot. So that's why I'm not engaging in this or that's why I'm behaving this way or this is happening like but she will cite it without getting into specifics and i don't like i said i don't think she's wrong to do so but whitney i do think is right in saying hey this is sort of a pattern and it kind of puts us in a corner because what are we supposed to say to that but i feel like there's a difference between not being specific and being strategic like there's a difference in Mm -hmm saying like Meredith doesn't respond with enough information that leaves people confused about what's going on in her life and maybe concerned Mm -hmm. versus what Whitney is saying is like, no, you're just doing this to avoid conflict and you're sort of using other people's stuff as a shield. Yeah. Like I don't think that Meredith has to give um, details on these things because these are like off camera things at all. And I think that Whitney, I think her real problem isn't isn't accusing meredith even if uh, i don't think that her issue is that she's accusing meredith of weaponizing that stuff even Mm -hmm. if she is i feel like her actual issue is you say these things and then there's nothing we can do like it just immediately is a dead end for us as a as a cast member trying to engage with you on something like it just immediately shuts us down and then our hands are tied. And that's the frustration I think for Whitney is that it's a it's a valid excuse, but it puts them in a bind. Like then she's like, what are we, where do we go from here? What am I supposed to do? I just felt like even without knowing the specifics, which um, Meredith got into on an episode of Friend of the Pod, Dylan Hafer's um, Bravo by Betches, that it was a, I think it was a family friend's young child mm-hmm. was diagnosed with a um, illness or, mm-hmm. or condition. And um, that that was the upset that she was obviously referencing repeatedly with, you know, children yeah. and um and as a total outsider and a viewer, I my like little ears went up when she started talking about that, where I, I, you know, was watching an Instagram story, my reaction to the previous episodes and was like, something is happening. Like there's something specific that is happening yeah. with a small child. But I have the benefit of being on my couch. I'm seeing the edits. I'm mm-hmm. seeing like the reaction. I don't know how many hours are taking place or whatever else is being said, but I just felt I came away feeling like, damn, Whitney was so fucking insensitive. Oh, 100%. Which I really didn't love. And going into the season, hearing that like there was an issue with Whitney and Lisa Barlow, I got really upset. And that like Lisa Barlow is becoming close with Meredith and Heather Gay again. I was like, Lisa, no, this is the season where you and Whitney like take over and maybe take down Heather Gay and Meredith a little bit. Like that's the dynamic that could happen. And then I'm watching the season. I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I get I love it. I love that to see her, you know, potentially being coming close to Heather again. Love the dynamic with Mother- with Meredith. And I and I understand how 
um, Whitney could be isolated from further isolated from those three and certainly isolated from Lisa B. Like I see how that could happen. I understand it. Yeah. I think if, if Whitney has a valid point buried under her like poor delivery. Yeah. It's that she's basically saying like, that's terrible. I'm really sorry that you're going through that. That has nothing to do with me. That Mm. has nothing to do with this fight that we're currently having about this TV show that we're on and blah, blah, blah. Like, so she's like, why are you putting that on on me and kind of forcing me to not then engage with you in this fight? Mm -hmm. But obviously it's Whitney, so it's not going to be articulate and she's going to be much too specific in, in that bar. But getting her phenomenal reaction out of a bellowing Meredith Marks. Oh my God, a phenomenal reaction. (laughs) I actually think that Whitney can be articulate. Like sometimes she can be so clear that it's shocking, Mm -hmm. but I just think she was wrong. And I think she's like, her instincts have been off and, um, or maybe I don't agree with them. Maybe that's both. I don't know, one or the other. But at the end too, when she was like going up to Meredith, who's freaking out on Angie K, which was an iconic moment. (laughs) um, And she's getting upset at Meredith for not allowing her to mediate. Like, why would you think this woman you were just yelling at would think you were the appropriate quote unquote third party to come in and try and then it's like, oh, you're not allowing me to whatever. And then she goes over to the nice girls. It's like, what the fuck is happening here right now? Wit? Like, what's happening? Yeah, it was just too disorganized. It was like when she walked up to the bar and was like, hey, it's me again, like trying to read, like continue it. And it's like, if it ends, it ends. Like you can't Sweetie. be like, check. but that has actually happened multiple times this episode. I think with the wet noodle thing, where Lisa like randomly was like, so circling back to the wet noodle, um, <laughs> <laughs> like hours had passed. <laughs> and you know, Mary Cosby is in a sprinter van eating a fish fillet, fillet, fish fillet, and some McNuggets. Um, truly tapping out and getting extremely irate at anyone (laughs) attempting to engage her in like very very basic tenets of housewife conversation i mean the way she just responds is so cutting and people don't want to fuck with her because they don't want to be the target it's also fascinating to witness yeah i honestly love this role for her just because we still get the the eccentric craziness of like mm. just her stream of consciousness. Yep. Like she'll say the most insane things, but without, I feel like all the women got the memo like, oh, you don't have to like engage <laughs> yeah. with Mary. Like, oh, you know, don't, you don't really have to like get into like a, a real conflict with her because she's a friend. So they, they will, some of them, like things that Mary says, like they'll just let it like brush off them in a way that if she were a full-time cast member, I think it would be a thing. They're just like, well, that's Mary. And I feel like it's honestly for the best because she's so on another planet that her in a real conflict with someone is Mm. like, they're speaking two different languages. So it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. I wonder how the dynamics and relationships with people for the rest of the season might develop or not, or maybe she's not really there for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to watch the ways that cast members are engaging with people they do not understand or do not like. And that Angie K Meredith oh. moment was giving, I watched it a couple times. It was giving me such strong Ron Swanson parks and recreation energy. <laughs> yes. And the there chair. was 
there and right there was a moment where like a constituent came into the room and was talking to Ron and Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec who's like completely over people he has a government position and hates the government <laughs> wants to shut down the government and works in Parks and Rec and a constituent comes in the door and is like trying to talk to him and he just rolls a chair out of direction so she's chasing him around in a little circle and he's so actively um ignoring her because he does not want to engage it was giving me i mean meredith mark swanson it was a delight to witness so good and it's also that feeling of like i think sometimes you can tell that a housewife doesn't want to engage with someone because they don't want them on their show yes and they're like i'm not even going to give you oxygen Mm -mm. because that gives you screen time yeah i'm not gonna i hate you but i'm not gonna even fight with you because that'll get you a snowflake it'll get you like ramona with elise lane like it was if they just don't engage with them pretend they don't exist it sabotages them as a a cast prospect 100 percent and my God, Angie K is so desperate. Oh my God. So cloying. Ugh. So dumb, maybe? Yeah. Like it's, I don't think dumb is the right word, but like something. She's not, she's, she has no sense of, I don't know. I, I think every single move that she makes, everything I see her do on the show, I can see it be decided in her head because she's doing it because she thinks somebody will call it iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything she does, she's like, Twitter's going to die for this. They're going to think I'm so iconic. And this is like a housewife's move. And like she's playing a role. Was that like, that's why she made a t-shirt. That's why she has these insane one-liners that she has probably her makeup artist write for her mm-hmm. in that chair and then delivers them staley and like dead she's behind the so, eyes. She's so dead behind the eyes crazy. when she's trying to, <laughs> it's so <laughs> tough to watch. It's literally so tough to watch. There was, I went to school for musical theater performance and there was an acting class and someone in the class who auditioned for and was accepted into the theater program and i remember this i will never forget it there the instructor who came from like the guthrie or whatever was talking to him about like these are your motivations and i don't even remember the scene the play that the scene was from but um this is your motivation in this scene and then this is you know like let's talk about your motivations of like what's going to happen with this big moment and he looked at the instructor and was like so, but how do I do that? Because I know what's going to happen. And the instructor was like quiet in the room. And I could not believe what I was hearing at that moment of like, yeah, but how do I do that? Because like I've read the script and I know what is going to happen next. And I I thank Angie K for hearkening back to my yeah. college days because I do believe that she is a similar kind of type. Yeah. I I. Completely despise her, but I do want to see her do one of those like cross branded commercials that they have the housewives do, where they're like, yeah, her on like a beach chair with Sonia, yeah, like- promoting like an Anne Hathaway movie, being like, hi, Sonia, I really want to see this movie. <laughs> 
can you Im- I honestly like prayers up for Angie K at BravoCon because that's gonna be oh, she's in for so- a rude awakening oh no wait she's not oh she- is she not going Salt Lake isn't doing a panel oh wait yes fucking saved by the oh, fact that Salt Lake isn't doing a goddamn I, panel she's probably distraught about it though too she, she doesn't know distraught about it I don't know that she's on the list because now they're like kind of spurs in or oh, you know okay. like having Salt Lake at random fucking like medley um they're gonna the have medley. her do parking they are <laughs> They're going to have her in the glam room, like prepping (laughs) the housewives who are actually taking the stage. It's her and Morgan. Because they've said or a cast member said that they're not doing a specific Salt Lake panel because the panel is being filmed days after, which is such shocking (laughs) timing. I cannot believe that that's taking place. I can't can't believe she's actually a housewife. I I I really can't believe it. It's like by default, I feel like. I can't believe that's the Angie we got dealt. We had two Angies (laughs) stood before us and this is the one... I sort of prefer this one because it's such an obvious joke. And the other Angie was so fucking annoying. She was. So, I but prefer she was this annoyance. Real. It was like. She was like sort of evil though. No. Yeah. But it was like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather this clown. I mean, it's fun that like Tamara had a costume on Orange County because I was like, yeah. you're not the only one um, no, I will... playing a clown on TV this week. <laughs> the thing I do. It's interesting because uh, though I don't like her and I don't even think she's like great for the show she is great at getting the reactions from all of these people it's an accidental genius exactly yeah so it's like you know when it comes to not liking a housewife there's not liking them because of their personality personality or character but they might be great for the show and they might be good at being a housewife sometimes Mm -hmm. they are neither sometimes you would like their personality but they're terrible at being a housewife there's this whole mix and i don't think angie is good at either having a personality or being a housewife Mm -hmm. but she accidentally brings out some really good moments from everyone else on the cast because everyone else is like you're not good enough for this why (laughs) are you here like you don't deserve to be here her line delivery i wrote this down i think i fucked it up though um when she was talking about i guess meredith like i'm gonna make a t-shirt or put a hit on her family yeah like what that was so out of left field that which I assume is referencing like the rumors that her family has mm-hmm. connections to the mob. But we haven't gotten there yet. We Angie. haven't gotten there yet. So when I watched <laughs> it, I was like, did you just joke about murdering her family? Her family? Do I, do we not know the yeah. results of when you even reference yeah. her family in no, a no, negative no, way? No, not family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she looks great in that confessional. Like that pink dress is like, honestly, a moment. It's like garish and fabulous. Mm-hmm. But she's so, there's nothing there. There's like nothing behind the eyes. She's totally dead-eyed to the world. It's so bizarre. It's like, this isn't a real, like she was programmed. It's like an AI housewife. I don't believe that she's a real person. Yeah, it's something I always say, when she first hit the scene, I always compared her. I was like, this is Stephanie J. Block in the Cher show. (laughs) Like... This is no offense to Stephanie J. Block no in the Cher show. Stephanie J. Block, if you're listening. Yeah. Tony winner. Yeah. Honestly, that's a, she wants another Tony. Salt Lake <laughs> to the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so I'm honestly thankful she's there, but she's like such a fucking idiot that yeah. it's at a certain point. I don't know how many episodes I'll be able to take of her before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, if I was Meredith, I would be doing so much more to prove less than what Meredith is doing. So I think she should honestly be grateful at a certain point. But like when we get to the rumors about your family part, it's not even about caring if they're true. It's just like, 
whatever. I mean, after the point when everyone, I can't even make this critique because you could say it about, well, about Heather and Meredith as well. But like the way that she was so connected to Jen Mm -hmm. was just, and speaking of connections, Monica, Mm -hmm. but the way that she was connected to Jen and just trying to like, quote unquote, support her so she could have camera. It's just so it was so much she just does so much so terribly yeah and i feel like that's i mean heather's main issue with her is that like hopping from French French. Like, to, yeah like at least i made show. a bad decision because i believed that i believed or i was making a bad decision because i'm like my history with toxic relationships and whatever yeah. else like, she was like genuinely friends with jen i thought whereas angie fully was like who will get me on the show right and i feel like heather again it's talking about speaking around the show and like Mm. having to like choose your words like that's the the real thing that heather's trying to explain in terms of her grudge with angie is like she's too thirsty she just wants to do anything to get on which was the argument against monica at the end of the episode of like or middle or whatever um of like you worked for her so, like, what what do you have to say about taking a moral ground when you were mm-hmm. her assistant and not being paid for it? Yeah. Which is, like, the currency of having any kind of relationship with Jen is not great. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of understand some of that critique against Monica, I have to say. I thought, for me, the, the most interesting part about that was it demonstrating how even if they kind of have the same hand in that where yeah. it's like they're nobody's hands are clean yeah. yeah it's watching how good monica is with yes. ha- having that hand versus how terrible angie is at 100 where angie has this thing where she thinks i'm about to drop a bomb She's and i'm so gonna dumb. i'm gonna expose that she yeah. was jen's assistant meanwhile monica told us all about that in episode one right. because she knew this was coming up so she was like i'm gonna get ahead of it i think she did the same thing with the bag where she's like Lisa accuses is like you have a you have a really nice bag so she timing wise I don't know but I think she's so smart in that she has that bag storyline about crying I went and bought this bag to fit in and then her you know exposing her own self about all the Jen stuff she gets ahead of the story and takes all the oxygen out of Angie's big bombshell and makes her look like an idiot. Like I do think she's self-aware in that Lisa was trying to reference the five allegedly five thousand dollar Louis Vuitton bag. Which did they not have cheaper bags? Like if we're gonna uh, yeah. look for a brand, could we not do like the regular kind of yeah. logo leather moment? Or we had to go like, like all the other housewives. Hundred percent. Look at New Jersey. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> the Teresa collection yeah, is available. All the labels are misspelled. <laughs> yeah, wherever Amazon is sold. Um, yeah, I don't the Monica stuff. I was like. Okay, so you're saying that Lisa is, what, a tone deaf, I guess, and not being sensitive to her plight, which I I under- I actually thought her reaction was like pretty solid when Lisa's like, you have a $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I own that, you know, that's maybe obnoxious. Yeah, yeah it was very... It, it- I feel like that I got... Think? A, yeah, because yeah. she did. She was like, no, I am materialistic. If you call me that, I'll say it. But that whole conflict kind of got lost in the sauce because it started with, yeah, that your ring thing really kind of rubbed me the wrong way because of my personal thing. And then it became her calling Lisa generally tone deaf. And then kind of it became materialistic. Then the middle class came into it. Like it just sort of started to get uh, foggy. I was also confused by the fact that like, if this person lost a ring worth $60,000, wouldn't it 
be sort of necessary that they would get upset? Wouldn't um, it be worse if Lisa was like, it doesn't matter, I'll just get another one? At least she's respecting the enormous amount of money that she's (laughs) spending that she worked to be able to have to buy herself or whatever, receive this fucking hugely expensive gift. So her talking about it, I get that she's referencing the money, but like Lisa's so stream of consciousness that sure there's a connection there to like the bougie factor but also how could you not be upset about this and is she responsible for carrying sensitivity about things that she might not totally understand about monica's past Mm -hmm. like i don't know yeah i felt i i didn't think that that point really held water yeah i didn't i I was confused by it to be honest and i don't dislike monica i just Mm -hmm. some of her reactions where she's like yeah isn't it amazing i had an affair with my sister-in-law's husband i'm like is that amazing should we Mm -hmm. i don't know i like you seem so proud of this versus like this is something you might not know about me it's like are we throwing a parade about this because you were so smart that you were able to maintain an affair for 18 months like what are you proving right now yeah it's very interesting it's it feels like housewifery at work where she's like this is exciting this is you know good tv it's flashy it's whatever i feel like it might be a a sprinkle of that but i mean the other thing with the ring is like if you're so annoyed at the ring thing don't put your hand in the tampon thing well i think she was being i mean you know but she didn't know at that point that Lisa would continue, continue talking about. Yeah. Also, there should be a little bit of uh, sensitivity from Lisa about the fact that this woman literally dug through a box of, yeah. I can't even discuss, in order to try to find your fucking ring. So like... If she wants to be mad about it, be mad about it. Like, you've earned that right to, yeah, to I now think be she's, upset. She, has, <laughs> she was a friend to you at that point. But I yeah. did also think... But also this person went to the Jen Shaw School of Housewifery. So she's mm-hmm. going to own things that other people might be confused about looking like you're celebrating and she's you know going to make specific pointed attacks yeah and it might be i'm i feel like they're all really trained to do this but it might be a thing where it rubs you the wrong way and because you're a housewife it's like no explore that right (laughs) and explore it out loud and explore it via conflict and i feel like she explored it and it didn't hold water and (laughs) i i'm sure it I, I mean, I can't see it continuing, but I, it's there's not going to be any love loss between these. I think that, that their feud will continue, but hopefully it's not all ring stuff all season. Yeah. And prayers up to Angie Kay, who seems to be in disbelief that she does not herself get an executive assistant in Monica. Yeah. Of like, you're she supposed to just silently support me. <laughs> and you can see the kind of like confusion on her face of like, no, this is not how this is supposed to go. Yeah. Like she truly thought that producers deciding like oh you'll introduce her that producers were like and here's your little friend who's gonna be doing your bidding and she was like oh fantastic thank you put her in with the other like it was very strange i also like that um angie k was like promote it like they dropped the k (laughs) (laughs) drop the k just angie it's cleaner like it was (laughs) such a and to the point i didn't even notice that's such a good point that sometimes if you look closely sometimes the editors edit out the k when the (laughs) women are talking about her and you can tell they cut at a very close point oh my god because they want to keep it as angie she's now the old she's the last angie standing no need for the qualifier (laughs) 
<laughs> Except absolutely. Un- she's more K than Angie. Yeah. It's like nothing has ever felt more right than her being Angie K. And it's like <laughs> they tried to make it Angie and we're like, no, no she's Angie K. Oh, my God. Sweet, poor, dumb, bad Angie K is just... She's almost like a miracle. Like, I it's can't just, believe we are in yeah. the time of Angie K. She's, I can't say enough how bad and desperate she is. And all of her instincts are off. And the ways that she communicates, it's like she's never read a book in her life. Like, what are books? Like, no. it just is <laughs> phenomenal. I don't even think she knows how to type out an email. Like, it just, it's so, she's she's word to text with everything that she does, including conversations. It's yeah. just, she can't, she can't write a goddamn thing down. No. She named her daughter Electra. Did she? Yeah. She knows how to make a salad, right? Didn't they yep. have a salad that was delicious? That was the one so far. What are we- I would eat. Well, this sounds different, but like I would totally have one of her meals. I bet she's an excellent oh, yeah. cook. Greek food. Oh, my God. Love Greek food. Oh, we've got so much more Greek references coming up, I'm sure. I wish As if we haven't had enough. They but. should go to Greece next season. She has to oh, stay she's... in the cast for forever. Yeah, I mean, where else is she going to go? They can't <laughs> release her in the in the wild. I just love the fact that because she has her head up so far up Lisa Barlow's ass that she's like, Monica, why aren't you doing to me what I'm doing to other people? That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Not recognizing that like, no, other people don't want to do that because it makes you look desperate yeah. and foolish. And it's... there's other ways to look <laughs> foolish that also maintain power. Yeah. God, it's I, It's really just, I still can't really believe that Trixie Mattel was a part of this, but... That always felt like I I dreamt it. Yeah, I can't believe, it felt like she was kind of like, um, I don't know how to say this because I love the Housewives, but I was like, isn't she too good for this? I don't know, <laughs> like this specific franchise, I could see her on Beverly Hills, but I'm like, Salt Lake is the one that we're doing, but it works. It, it works really, really, really worked. Well, yeah, and, and it works in a way where it's... I don't know what it is about it. Maybe because I knew that that Trixie had watched and had like tweeted and posted about Salt Lake in particular that mm. it makes somehow it connects for me. But it's so bizarre. But it's so brilliant that they did any city's Real Housewives cast trip to the Trixie Motel. Like that was phenomenal. I've also seen Trixie's documentary. Mm. I've seen the i think i've seen the season where she won i'm not a rupaul it's too late for me unfortunately Mm -hmm. to get caught up on drag race it's just simply too much oh you don't watch drag race either no i watched like one season of uk and then i sort of like follow along on twitter and stuff but wow yeah Yeah, i have blind spots wow 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 (laughs) fascinating yeah i did watch trixie motel though which, which was it was Trixie's Discovery Plus show, which is now on Max. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's available, much more readily available. But oh, it's shit. about it's like very much like an HGTV kind of show where her and her um, boyfriend or husband, who is actually the one who gave Angie K the pink marker, David, David right? Yeah, uh, they buy this dilapidated hotel in Palm Springs, and it's truly like the pits, like mm-hmm. it's dilapidated and. Uh, renovate it and they have an amazing interior design designer and they have like each week is one of the rooms and they design the room they have celebrity get lisa vanderpump was on it oh it was a fun time it was a very good show so if anyone is like loving being in that world of the trixie motel um that's a fun watch 
I, it's one of those terrible things where I know Trixie from her podcast. I know her from her Netflix stuff with Katya mm-hmm. of like the I love to watch. I know her from so much other stuff outside of like the actual original season that she was on Drag Race yeah. for. So when I'm listening to her pod or whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm not necessarily going to get the references because um, I don't have the knowledge of the history of what they did during their turns on Drag Race and of Drag Race culture. Mm-hmm. Um but it's so I can recognize obviously talent and mm-hmm. she's so fucking funny and quick yeah. and her energy with Katya is incredible. And I just couldn't believe that she was on Salt Lake. I just couldn't believe that we were living in a universe in which like Whitney would be on the horn and she'd be like, Oh my God, can't wait. Yeah. It's just like my friend phenomenal. <laughs> continuously <laughs> being like, We're very good friends. I wanted to get here early and see her. <laughs> Texting her like, Trixie, I want to get the girls in drag. You down? Mm, okay. That's how that was planned. Yeah. Also, that incredibly scripted moment of the women coming out in the drag to like Trixie's line readings. I oh, mean, yeah. I have seen drag. Right? I've seen like maybe two. Se- I don't know. I've seen at least one season. No, I've seen at least two of the like all-star seasons, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe I've seen a couple. I'm I'm not well at this point trying to figure <laughs> out the math, but um, it was so like incredibly scripted. It was just, yeah, because it was she was doing Drag Race, like how when they come out right. and Michelle and Rue and they do those Right, 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 lines. with like the guest judge. And the Larry yeah. Ross Matthew, yeah. So it was like that. So it was sort of like, what show? Are we? Like it was a weird blend right. of shows. But I also think that that's Trixie's, language like that's Mm. the jokes that and it's such a different vibe that it is like it's like seeing a teacher at the grocery store (laughs) (laughs) that's what it was like like, this shouldn't happen yeah it's like oh you're here oh (laughs) are you lost yeah exactly (laughs) what's going on yeah that's a great comparison i mean really truly a great week for housewives at least specific to salt lake and um orange county i feel like really really well fed with yeah. those apps i just think for very different reasons like the chaos and almost like dirtiness of salt lake i mean you know angie k forever this woman you just... the fact that she lives in the same universe of like i can't say dorit but like i don't know someone who's oh iconic I, it's just <laughs> it's just like but also yeah. can you know hold a conversation it's just fascinating does she blink like i don't know there are things that i'm a question i haven't seen it we need to do an investigation maybe bethany should cover that next that's the next reality (laughs) reckoning is like how did this happen the two of them can you imagine i would pay money i as someone who started this podcast by saying oh i don't listen to bethany's thing (laughs) at all i'm like sign me up if i can watch bethany try to make heads or tails of angie k i will buy the next dumb gloss that bethany is selling (laughs) if we can convince her to spend 10 seconds attempting to communicate with angie k a la arrival like it would (laughs) be like what sign are you going to hold up how are you going to figure out how to blink like (laughs) it just it would be genuinely iconic not that we haven't seen bethany lose her shit and drag (laughs) people so many times before Mm -hmm. but this particular person is so unique that's the best thing she's got going for her there is there will never be another angie k and we are (laughs) (laughs) we are truly truly blessed now listen tom smith smythe i could talk to you forever but i think you have to unfortunately check and see if it's still raining and how you're gonna swim your way back home which is gonna be tough (laughs) for you and 
for the rest of New York City. I think we're in a good place, though. It's, it's, it seems to Yeah, we're fine now. We're fine. The great thing is that we have such short-term memory that like tomorrow we'll be complaining about something else. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's sunny. Truly. And at the end (laughs) of the day, if you want to connect with a New Yorker, just mention Bill de Blasio and Mm -hmm. we are here and ready to monologue. Um, Listen, can you tell the EGs what you've got cooking? You're recapping Mm -hmm. Salt Lake City for Vulture. What's going on? Where they can bear witness and also follow you on social? Yep. So I'm recapping um, Salt Lake City. on Vulture every week. And uh, I'm also for the next couple of weeks um, doing sort of a cross uh, recap where I'm doing both the Kardashians and American Horror Story in this column where every week I'm comparing which Kim is more evil on television, Kim from the Kardashians or Kim from her character on American Horror Story. Uh, So the first one just uh, came out this week. And we dig into what each Kim is up to and who is being more menacing and sinister. Uh, so that'll be a couple weeks and then Salt Lake through the rest of the season. And anything else uh, is always on my socials, which is uh, at Tom underscore Smythe underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we just have to say that the premiere episode of this season of Kardashians is a perfect episode of reality TV. It is oh a God, yeah. perfect episode the i'm not i don't want to like spoil anything but the flash of drawings that we saw is on it was i actually was in shock at how great it was it was one of the best episodes i have seen of recent honestly it was a doozy it was just everything you could want from it totally yes i'm hoping to do a taking it personally episode i know there's been some requests for that um about the kardashian premiere so look for that soonish hopefully in the meantime got some bonus apps up on the ag patreon number one way to support the pod a live reaction to the potomac trailer and some thoughts on mia and gordon's split which was announced today big shock to um literally no one satchel spectacular up there too, um, discussing some thoughts on Shan, Aaron and Uba, Tamra, and so much more, as well as a deep dive with Bravo Bravo, talking Bravo, talking Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Jason, sports talk, all <laughs> that and more. This is a sport podcast. Mm-hmm. And I am so here for it. And also another bonus episode went up earlier in the week, a day of atonement for Danielle and Jen, which obviously went up on Yom Kippur, as one does. <laughs> um, and also talking about a reported split between Bethany and her former bestie, Jake, who we all remember from spinoffs. You can listen to those episodes and support Andy's Girls at patreon.com slash girls. Follow me on Instagram and allegedly threads at Dame Galley. Tom, thank you so much for rowing your way to the <laughs> Upper East Side today. I really, I can't believe that you made it here intact. So thankful for the schlep of schleps and um, for what was uh, for me a deeply, <laughs> deeply enjoyable conversation. Of course, so thank, thank you, you so for much. having me. Guys, thanks so much to you for listening and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.